0: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Joining us on the line right now is my good friend Bev McInnes from Inside House Counseling. How are you doing? Good, Matt. How are you? Very good. It's great to be able to have you on the radio today. I really enjoyed... Uh, doing an Insight House counselling weekend with a bunch of leaders at my church a while back. And mm. I promised you I was going to hunt you down and do an interview. It's uh, it's great to have you with us. Let's uh, hear a bit of your story. Tell us a bit about where you were born and raised.
1: Um, I was born in England and we came across with my mum, my dad, my twin sister, my brother when I was three. And we moved across here to Melbourne as 10-pound family, back then when it came over for people who came over with trades to work Mm -hmm. in Australia. So we came over very young in 1963 Mm -hmm. and then we moved across to Adelaide and lived in Adelaide for a while as growing up there and uh, then we moved across to Melbourne in probably when I was probably 10 years of age. Mm -hmm. So um, there was just me and my mum and dad, my twin sister and my brother, um, no other family members; they were all over in England. So, mm. I grew up very much an Australian.
0: <laughs> and tell us a bit of your faith journey. Were you raised in a religious household?
1: No, we were never brought up in a religious background. Um, but when I was living in Melbourne, I used to catch. They used to have this uh, Sunday school bus, and we used to hop on. I used to hop on the Sunday school bus every Sunday, and they would take us to. Um, Sunday school on a Sunday morning while my parents slept in.
0: Well, there there you go. It's always amazing how many people have been impacted by Sunday school. And uh, what about your faith journey? Was there a, a moment of conversion for you? How did that happen?
1: It was December 1996. I'd been a bulimic anorexic for 22 years, and I had an encounter one day throwing up in the toilet, and I actually had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I knew someone was watching me for the first time in my life. And um, that was when my eating disorder stopped because it's no longer a secret. I could sense someone watching me. And he became so real. And that was before I was, before I gave my life to the Lord. He became real to me throwing up in the toilet December 96. And it wasn't until the 16th of March 97, I was at a church service, a renewal night, It was that night that I gave my life to the Lord because my husband's father had been diagnosed with cancer, and I went to church to ask for prayer for my father-in-law, but it was that night that I gave my life to the Lord, and that was uh, 16th of March, 97.
0: And Uh, tell us about the, uh, the changes in your life after that moment. Did everyone notice the difference?
1: Yes, there was a change and my husband was watching because he thought, what have you done? (laughs) Uh, When I came home and I said to him, I gave my life to the Lord and uh, he goes, oh yeah, that's nice. He's doing something on the computer at the time. And the following Sunday we went to church and uh, he didn't really understand what I'd done. And we went through this journey together and and within a month I was water baptised and he was there and he was still watching me. And I think that was the impact with my husband. He was watching me change, and he saw the change. And then at that time, he lost his father through cancer. And um, and then he did Alpha. And in the July that year, he gave his life to the Lord. So, yeah, there was a journey, and a lot of my school friends that I grew up had noticed. One person had said, Bev, "You know, your faith has made a difference," because I was a very fearful person. That. Um, I was a very insecure person. So, yeah, my faith, knowing that he became so real for me, changed my life. Um, And it, you know, over the years has helped me conquer a lot of fears, fear uh, and fears and insecurities.
0: And you mentioned the eating disorder that you'd struggled with for over 20 years. Tell us about how you overcame that.
1: It stopped December 96. At 14 years of age, dysfunctional stuff had happened in our family, and I—that's when my eating disorder started. And December '96, literally the eating disorder stopped because it's a secret. And when you're throwing up and closing the door, and I had a lock on the toilet and I throw up in the toilet, it was something that my husband and my kids knew nothing about. And when you have some, when you sense someone watching you, it stopped because I. For me, my eating disorder was in secret, no one ever knew about it. I would be a size six dress at one stage, 47 kilos, a gym junkie, and have that eating disorder. But as soon as that stopped, that was a trigger to coming from a background of um, dysfunctional family and, you know, um, abuse area, abuse in my life, that the eating disorder was a symptom wasn't a cause it was it was a coping defense mechanism it because of the pain in my life it was a comfort and it was when I wasn't coping I'd have this eating disorder binge eat throw up um, and this cycle just went on for 22 years it broke in 96 but when it broke and I was it stopped the eating disorder I then had to face my past and work through a lot of pain from my life and begin to change and understand why I behaved the way I did, why I acted the way I did. And I, you know, I'm very grateful that I had Mm. found the Holy Spirit and his presence and found Jesus and and God. So I'm very grateful to that because it just, fear started to get less and less in my life. Mm. That doesn't mean we don't have, I don't have fears today. But I was a very anxious, fearful person.
0: And tell us about your journey to become a counsellor.
1: I ended up doing a course, um, Australian Institute of Family Counselling. And um, during that time, I'd been in counselling for a few years after my eating disorder. And I went in and um, through that went into counselling for myself. I had to have counselling for myself to work through some problems from my past. And as I started working through that, I had an interest to go and do this course, and that was through being an assistant pastor in the church, that they encouraged us to do this course as being assistant pastors. So it was a real privilege to be able to do that through them, and I went through and I did Australian Institute of Family Counseling. And um, out of that, one of my friends, when I finished that, said to me, Bev, we'd love you to apply, just go and offer your services for the Positive Lifestyle service in Dandenong with a manager there and that's going back nine, ten years, even 10 years ago. So from going doing the counselling course to then ending up being a counsellor myself. So I'm very grateful to what I get to do today.
0: And tell us about the work you did with the Salvos for many years.
1: So for many years I worked at the Salvos and I was a sexual abuse counsellor, worked in the area with people who'd been sexually abused and then that grew with working with people who have been sexually abused to physical, emotional and spiritual abuse so all four areas and worked a lot with people in the drug and alcohol area and, and worked with people who ordered to go through the courts would come to me and I would see them for counselling as well as other people referred me were referred to me f- um, from other Christian organisations as well.
0: And now you're currently running uh, an incredible work called Insight House Counselling. And I know that there's um, uh, you know different seminars you do, and I've I've been personally impacted by the work you do. Um, yeah. Just unpack for us what, what does that look like?
1: So Insight is it's called in, it's I call this Insight. It's an Insight, and it's a program that I wrote that I realised that. From a Christian point of view, prayer and inner healing, and that really works, but the cognitive work needs to go hand in glove with prayer ministry. So there was people that, you know, um, when I started doing, because of a counselor, I started as a sexual abuse program, but in the end it became physical, emotional, sexual and spiritual abuse. So inside is for people who've, who have pain, who have been hurt by their, in their past, to um, work through, you know, shame and fear and contempt and ambivalence, you know, coping defence mechanisms and addictions and helping them to understand what, why they behave the way they do. But I do it with pictures, I do it with posters and um, it's a visual, they're visual aids and so I use posters, so there's a shame poster There's a contempt poster, and contempt is about self-loathing and addictions. Then there's ambivalence, where, you know, ambivalence, you're ambivalent. You want to do something, but you don't want to do it, and that's that's really forced by fear and pain. So never being able to procrastinate, never finishing stuff. So ambivalence is huge. Um, Then I do walls of defense, and um, walls of defense is, you know, you put walls up in relationships, so yeah, I teach from that poster. Then I, the main thing with it, the Insight program is journaling, but it's a different type of journaling and helping people to put the event in the middle of the page and really being able to understand why they behave the way they do. So the journaling tool's a big tool. It's not like I feel this and just write that. It's actually putting words around an event and seeing where the triggers are and then and then getting to the root cause to then work through the lies and the belief and the stronghold behind it to then work through repentance, renouncing and forgiveness. So, but when you can get to the root cause, it's and understand the lie that you've believed behind it, the belief and the stronghold, you begin to change. You can't change something you don't understand. And so helping people to understand why they behave the way they do and to come to a place of forgiveness. But forgiveness is the last process. But if we go through the process properly and be emotionally honest and be able to express and be real and transparent and letting go of the pain, letting go of coping defence mechanisms and begin to change your behaviour. That's the best way. But you can't change something you don't understand. And that's why journaling, to me, is a real key in a person's life.
0: Well, it's bringing back all these memories of uh, the, the seminar that we attended on the weekend. We had 12 of us from our church gathered together and uh, we were able to go through uh, a lot of these different things you talked about. And uh, And I know every person in the group was so impacted and uh, really received Inner healing that weekend as well, and That's one thing you talked about before we wrap up, uh, Bev, is you talked about the importance of self care. You know, in this day yeah. and age, people that are in ministry or that are serving that are doing something uh, are always looking after other people, but not themselves. Just speak to mm. that for a minute. What's the importance of self care?
1: Self care is a big one, um, but self care is about our emotions. It self care is about. It's not just about self care sitting doing nothing and resting self care is about understanding yourself why you do what you do self care is about it can it can be hobbies it can be all that but really self care is really on a healing journey regarding how you look after yourself physically emotionally and spiritually and it's it's a holistic approach not one you can't do one without the other so there's the inner healing part there's a cognitive part there's a physical part um and then you have to have days of rest and it's over committing some people why do they keep doing 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 some people, what are you? when you're so busy, why are you busy? What are you avoiding? So when we're busy, busy, busy doing and not spending time and learning how to be, why? So it's even that is a warning that, what is that about? Is that people pleasing? Is that fear of man? Yes, we're meant to be out there and helping others, But if we don't look after ourselves, how then can you help others? And so we can hurt people unintentionally when we're just so not taking care of us first, physically, emotionally and spiritually. If we look after us and we're not perfect, no one's perfect. But if we even really do that, it really, we become healthier people.
0: Well, Bev, it's been wonderful to hear your story of restoration and how God has uh, brought healing to you and you're now bringing healing to others. If people want to find out more, they can go to the website insighthouse.com.au or search Insight House Counseling at Facebook. You can find all the details there. Uh, It's a wonderful organization and uh, a great work you do, Bev. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au Station Sponsor